When your communication skills are very, very strong, people tend to also assume that you are highly effective and competent at your job. You do not need to be perfect to be a very powerful and effective communicator. You can be very nervous, you can have self-doubt, you can experience imposter syndrome. All of those things can be present. They don't mean that these steps and this growth isn't possible for you. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this show. I used to have a career in the corporate space, and now I'm a full-time podcast host and career coach for ambitious women who want to build confidence and become powerhouse leaders and rise up in their careers. That is what I do. That is what this show is really dedicated to helping you with. And today, I am talking about one of the most important pillars for taking your career to the next level. And that is the pillar of communication, how you are able to communicate in a room and how effective you are as a communicator in meetings, particularly meetings where your boss is present, where other leaders and influential people in your company are present. The energy, the skill, the confidence that you bring to those rooms is going to have a massive impact on your career. And so today I want to walk you through a really, really simple framework to equip you with tools and to help you understand how to best show up in those meeting rooms. And what I want to lead with in this episode is something that I have never shared on the podcast ever before and never really talked about ever before, but it underlies so much of the work that I do supporting you in becoming a super confident communicator. And that is the idea that in a corporate environment, communication skills are a signal of competence. So let me explain what I mean by that. When your communication skills are very, very strong, people tend to also assume that you are highly effective and competent at your job. Whereas when communication skills aren't as strong, people are going to assume that you are less competent. So communication is the way that we convey our work. And the the higher quality communication that we have around our work, the, the more respect and reverence our audience will give to our work and often to us. Now, on the surface, when I think about the fact that people make assumptions about your competence based on your communication skills, that can almost seem kind of like unfair, right? Like it's like, well, you could be really competent at what you do and not a good communicator. And then people are just going to assume that you're not as good at, at your job because your communication skills don't match your actual competence level. But I really want you to think about what it means to be a leader and 
what a leader has to do. So leadership and being a leader isn't just about executing in your job. What takes you from just a regular employee to a leader is being able to bring people along. So my definition, I mean, I have so many thoughts on leadership, but one of my main definitions of leadership is that you're really, really good at bringing other people along with you, right? Because the more that you can bring people along with you, the bigger impact you can have, the more that you can get done. So while you can be a really excellent employee and a really excellent individual contributor with just so-so communication skills, if you want to be a leader, you need to be able to bring people along. And if you want to be able to bring people along at the best level possible, you want to have really rock-solid communication skills. So in the end of the day, I do think it's quote-unquote like fair that we often assume people are more competent when they're really, really strong communicators. Because if we include leadership skills in our definition of competence, then it's true that someone who is a more effective communicator is also a more effective leader. Because we can't bring people along the journey with us. We can't influence people. We can't get buy-in from people. We can't motivate people unless we can communicate with them in a way that's really effective for them, in a way that resonates with them, in a way that motivates them, in a way that inspires them. And that's so much of what today's episode is about, is this idea of how do you speak in a way that impresses the room every single time? Because what I want is for your communication skills to send a message to your boss, to leaders in your company, that you are highly competent at what you do and you are beyond just the level of an employee, but you are a powerful, effective leader. That is how I want you to be thought of because when you're thought of as that, then your upward mobility in your career path tends to be a lot smoother. It's easy for you to get work done because people are super engaged in your meetings and they respect you and they listen. And it's easier for you to advance because you get work done at a better pace and also because people think of you as a leader based on your presence and based on how you're showing up in meetings. Now, before (laughs) I dive into more of this, please don't use this against yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you feel like you're an imperfect communicator. I think something that's so important in my work especially, and I I believe this deep in my bones, I literally know this is true. You do not need to be perfect to be a very powerful and effective communicator. You can be very nervous. You can have self-doubt. You can experience imposter syndrome. All of those things can be present. They don't mean that these steps and this growth isn't possible for you. I want you to think about that the margin of error for being a powerful communicator is high. You don't have to get it perfect, right? You can feel a little nervous. You can have a little bit of self-doubt. As long as you're getting better and better at the foundation and at the basics, then your audience will get a really strong impression of your work and they'll look forward to your next meeting and they'll want to support you and your work right now and far into the future. So, there are two elements to being an impressive, effective communicator. And I'm going to be just deep diving into one of the two, but I want to outline the difference between the two because they're both important. And I think it's just going to also help you zoom out and see the bigger picture. So the first element is mindset and your thoughts and feelings about yourself and your emotions and how confident you feel in the room, right? That's the intangible piece. And 
that's much more about how you're thinking and feeling. And I have tons of episodes that I've done where I talk about mindset. I'll continue talking about mindset, but mindset is its own bucket. The second bucket is skills. Skills are the very tangible, tactical things that you do in your presentation, in your meeting agenda, in your slides, in the words that you say to use words and structure your communication in a way that lands as very effective for your audience. Now, these two things are different, right? And let me explain to you how they're different. If you have poor skills, but a strong mindset, that means that your content isn't super structured. You're not super like cohesive in the way that you present information to your audience, but you're super confident. You're really bold. You're taking up lots of space. And a lot of people can be really successful just by having strong confidence and strong mindset because that is so effective in a room. However, Imagine if you have both, like imagine if you're super confident and you're taking up space in the room and you have rock solid content and rock solid communication. That is the ultimate combination, right? So they're different, right? Mindset is about how you feel. It's about how you're thinking about yourself. It's about how you're navigating imposter syndrome and showing up through the difficult moments because mindset isn't about just feeling amazing all the time. It's also about how you move through the waves of feeling not so amazing. That's mindset. And then skills, again, are the words you use and how you arrange and structure your content. Today's episode is about skills. I am deep diving into the two most important communication skills that really will impress an executive audience. So in my corporate career, most of what I worked on, the ultimate decision makers that my work was going to tended to be a very executive audience, right? So occasionally it would go to someone at a VP level, but very often it would go to a chief product officer or a chief marketing officer or someone very high up in the company. And and often some of the work that I did would go to the board of directors, right? It might not have been me presenting it, but I would be creating something for the chief strategy officer to present to the board of directors, right? And then I might be presenting it to the chief strategy officer. And they, you know what I'm saying? So it was it was for people who held a lot of influence. And so I learned exactly how to create content and how to communicate for the most picky, the most sophisticated audiences. And when I say sophisticated, I don't mean that people with a high title are better. I mean that they have deeper knowledge, deeper experience because they've been doing what they're doing for a while. Their scope is really broad. Their impact is really broad. So they're, they have a sophistication to how they work and how they think because of the nature of what they do and their level of experience. And so when I say sophisticated audience, that's really what I'm referring to. So There are two big things that you want to be thinking about when it comes to impressing a highly sophisticated audience. These are really important. They're going to sound simple, but most people don't do these things because these things require you to slow down and think much more deeply about your work and about your ideas and about your contributions and about how you're going to share them and frame them for your audience. So the two pieces are one, clarity, two, relevance. When those things are both in place, your audience is engaged they listen, and they tend to develop more and more respect for you 
and more and more positive thoughts about you and your competence over time. So let's walk through what each of them is, what it looks like when you don't have them in place, and what it looks like when you do have them in place, and what that's like for your audience. So I'm going to start with relevance, not clarity, even though I presented clarity as the first option. Because this is one that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about, and it's a very under-leveraged opportunity to get very deep engagement from your audience and also to get them in a headspace where they're really eager to support you and be a positive catalyst in whatever projects or whatever work you are doing. So all relevance means is that when your audience sees your work, it immediately feels relevant to them. They can clearly see the connection of how they will benefit when your projects, your work, the thing that you are doing gets executed. Now, I can guarantee you that no matter what you do in your job, if you can share with me any project, any task that you're working on, and I can show you how your success in that task is going to benefit your boss, right? Like directly benefit your boss and benefit them in ways that would make them really happy and exciting. Doesn't matter what it is. I'll give you a really simple example, right? Let's say you have an open headcount on your team and you're in process of interviewing and filling the open headcount. Now, let's say you're down to two candidates, right? And you can't decide between these two. You're really torn. You don't know who you want to hire. And you want to get your boss's input on who you should hire for the position. So in a world where you're not focused on relevance, you would probably go to your boss and say something like, hey, I've got it down to two candidates for the open headcount. I wanted to walk you through the profile of each one and what I've learned about each one to get your thoughts on who would be the better fit because I'm feeling really torn. I really like both of them. And so then you'd walk your boss through and hopefully they would give you their opinion. Now you have not included relevance in the way you communicated that. So of course your boss is going to engage, but not as deeply and enthusiastically as they'd engage if you created relevance. Creating relevance means asking yourself, what is in it for the other person? What is in it for my audience? What would make them so excited to focus on what I'm sharing, to help me with what I'm sharing? So in this case, my thought process would be, When this headcount is filled, and not just when this headcount is filled, but when we fill this headcount with a dream perfect unicorn candidate who fits exactly what we need on the team, then these projects that have been on hold for weeks or some of this new work that needs to get done on the team is going to get executed and catalyzed at the highest possible level. And my boss is finally going to get some of those initiatives over the finish line, right? And I'm just making this up just to help you see and think creatively about this. So then instead of just going into that conversation with the boss saying like, hey, you know, I'm between two candidates, I would start with relevance and I'd start with really highlighting why this decision, why making this decision in the best possible way is going to benefit them. So I would say something like, hey, 
We are down to two candidates for the open headcount. And I really want to make sure that we bring in a candidate who is able to hit the ground running and catalyze progress on the team so that you can get those initiatives you've been waiting on over the line as fast as possible. And so I want to walk you through these two really good candidates that I'm down to to get your thoughts on which one of them is the best fit to help us do that. Now, by starting off the dialogue, sharing that it's really important for me to bring in a candidate that's going to help my boss get their initiatives over the finish line, I have created relevance. I've made it very relevant to them. They're immediately going to be more interested in what I'm sharing and more engaged. Anytime something is in it for the audience, right? Anytime they see how it's connected to them, anytime they see how it's going to benefit them, they are going to be much more open and receptive to what it is you're sharing, what it is you're asking for, what it is you need to get approval on, what it is you're presenting. And the beautiful thing is, is that if you're presenting to an executive audience, hands down 100%, whatever you're working on will benefit them, right? Because everything that's happening in the company ladders up to them. So you really want to slow yourself down and ask yourself, what do they care about? What is most important to them? What are their goals? What do they have in mind as the things that they want to achieve? And how can I start off what I'm sharing, whether it's a presentation, whether it's a request, whether it's an ask, whether it's an idea? How can I start that off by making a clear link to how it's going to benefit them? When you do this, regularly, people will engage deeply in your work and they will want more of it. It's such a simple tweak, but it's something that we often don't slow down to do because we are so in the weeds of our work. So when you're, you know, like the hiring example, when you're hiring and looking at those two candidates and you're trying to decide which one is the best candidate, you're not thinking about your boss and their goals and all these projects. You're in the weeds of this hiring decision. You're like, oh my gosh, I just need help with this freaking hiring decision. So your mind isn't going to naturally think about, hey, what's on your boss's mind? (laughs) What's up with them? What do they care about? You're going to be right in the middle of your own stuff, your own process. So what you really need to do is pull yourself out of the weeds and get obsessed with your audience. Get obsessed with their interests, what's important to them. And you want to really try to open your presentations, the things you share with something that connects it to them, with something that's relevant to them, and you want to continue weaving that in, like if you're giving a presentation, right? You want to continue weaving in points where you're really showing them how your work is benefiting them. And this is so important because your work literally is benefiting them. That's why they hired you. That's why you're in your position. But our brains forget this because we get so close to the details of what we're doing that we miss the opportunity to show our audience and to communicate to our audience, audience, if you help me with this, and you engage in this, and you support me in this, and you focus in this meeting, and you give me your input, I'm going to help you hit a home run. We miss the opportunity to remind our audience of that, and that is the thing that gets them engaged with us emotionally. This is so important, and this will make the difference between executives wanting to see more of your work 
versus just, you know, like leaving the meeting and being like, oh, that was good work, but not necessarily them thinking like, oh, I want to hear more from her. I want to see more of her stuff. I want to put her on more projects, right? When you begin making those connections for them, they are going to be eager to have your mind on more things because it's going to be clear for them in their minds that your work is enabling their success. So this is so important. So ask yourself, what does my audience care about and how can I show them that the thing that I am sharing is going to help them with what matters most to them? Literally being obsessed with your audience and being audience centric is the number one thing that all communication skills come down to. Like anything that I could teach you, even if it's a mindset thing, like even if it's a skills thing, whatever it is, it it all comes down to the audience's experience. When you are tapped into your audience and you're determined to give them a really good experience, then it's not going to matter if you are maybe like doubting yourself or maybe your confidence isn't 100%, maybe you have imposter syndrome, whatever. They don't care. (laughs) Your audience doesn't care about you. They care about them. They have imposter syndrome, right? They're experiencing self-doubt. They have all their shit in their brain that they're dealing with. So When you meet them where they're at and you speak to them about what matters to them, they're going to feel good and engaged and they're not necessarily going to be worried about you. And this should be a relief, right? It should be a relief that it's actually not about you. That's great. That means if you're having a wobble or you're doubting yourself or your voice is shaking a little, it's fine. Just make your audience happy. Cater to your audience. And I think this is why I was able to build up, I think, such a strong communication style starting from such a shaky foundation because while it really didn't come naturally for me to like exude presence and be bold and take up space and speak like a leader, like those things did not come naturally. Being audience-centric and caring about what my audience cared about did come naturally. So I was able to really lean on that to create engagement with my audience. And that helped bolster my confidence because when your audience is super, super happy, you're going to feel better about what you're sharing and your confidence is going to grow. So I really want you to think about relevance, especially if you're speaking to sophisticated audiences. And I really want you to think about how can I make it so clear to them at the outset of how my work, my idea, my suggestion, my presentation will impact them and impact their success. So that's the first piece, relevance. Clearly, I have a lot to share on that. The second piece is clarity. This is so important. I can, I like. I feel like I need to shake something because, oh my gosh, people in corporate just Ah, they like, there's just so much misunderstanding about what constitutes strong communication in a corporate setting. And I think that people in corporate love to overcomplicate things because they think that if they make something very complicated, they're going to look very smart. This is the number one biggest mistake people make in executive communication. You want your audience to experience clarity when you are sharing information. You want them to never ever be confused. A win in terms of an effective presentation, an effective meeting, an effective piece of communication is that your audience didn't get confused. They were able to follow you every step of the way. Confusion is mentally draining. It doesn't feel good. It's taxing for your audience. And if you have a sophisticated audience who's very, very busy, they have a lot of data and inputs coming at their brains all day long. So if If what is being shared with them is not clear, 
If it's overly complicated, if it's confusing, they are going to tune out. Their mental energy is precious and they're not often going to freely allocate it to communication that is unnecessarily complicated and hard to understand. So one of your biggest jobs as a communicator is to make what you're sharing simple and easy for your audience to digest as you share each piece of information with them. Now, the reason that this is hard is because often our work is complicated, right? If we're working on something simple, then it's easy to communicate it simply, right? Like if my job is to color the colors of the rainbow, then all I have to do is tell my audience, I'm going to color the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, meeting is over. But unfortunately, the things that we're working on in a corporate setting They often have many parts, many pieces, many layers, many people, right? So we're working on things that are more complicated than that. And so our challenge is to take the complex and make it simple for our audience. Most people are not very good at this. Most people don't take the time to slow down and do this. The people that do do this stand out enormously because when you take something complicated and you slow yourself down and you say, how can I make this easy for them? How can I take this really confusing, really complicated update that I need to share with this audience? And how can I break it up and walk them through it in a way where even though there's a lot of pieces to it, they're going to understand it and they're not going to get lost. When you do that, you will stand out so much because most people don't slow down and make the effort to do that. An analogy to help you understand this is it's like the difference between being at a restaurant and let's say you order a Caesar salad, right? If you order that Caesar salad and the waiter comes and they bring you a head of lettuce and like raw ingredients for dressing and like a bag of croutons and they're like, here's your Caesar salad, you're going to be like, WTF, like I have to make it myself. But when you don't slow down, to simplify the complexity of what it is you're sharing, that's what you're doing to your audience because you're telling them, I'm not going to make the mental effort to simplify this. You have to simplify this. So I'm just going to give you all the raw ingredients, the lettuce, the croutons, whatever, but you have to make the salad. That is exhausting for your audience versus When you come to your audience and you're like, here's a Caesar salad, bitches, they're going to be like, thank you. And many of the leaders at your company are moving through their day and people are freaking throwing lettuce at them, right? People are not presenting them with something simple, functional, and curated. So when you do, you become the restaurant that they want to eat Caesar salad at, which means They want to be in your meetings. They want to give you work because they know that when you update them, it's going to be easy to understand. They're not going to get a head of lettuce and a bag of croutons and have to make it themselves. So what you want to be doing is slowing down when you're putting things together and asking yourself, is it possible that someone in my audience who isn't as deep in the details as I am could get lost while I present this? Where might I lose people? Where is this complicated? Where might people get confused? And how can I clean that up? It's like you're a tour guide and you want to offer them a really smooth tour. How can I guide them through this information 
thoughtfully, gently, in a way that it's going to land with them and they're not going to be overwhelmed with information. Now, a couple of hacks to help you get started are, one, you want to be using structure. You want to always be breaking things up into parts. So if you have something complicated, you really want to think about, if I'm going to walk my audience through this, in two parts, three parts, four parts, what are those parts? And how can I walk them through it one at a time and also make them aware, hey, I'm going to be walking you through four different phases of this project, or I'm going to have to explain to you three foundational concepts that we're going to all need to align on before we can go deeper. So I'm going to start with that and then we'll go from there, right? So how can you break it up into parts and really help your audience walk along with you and guide them and see that you're doing that so that if they get lost, they they know where to explain where they got lost, right? So if you tell your audience, hey, I'm going to walk you through three foundational concepts before I even get into the findings because I need to make sure that you understand these concepts so that the findings make sense. And then you say, okay, here's the first concept. Now here's the second concept. And now here's the third concept. If someone gets lost somewhere along the way, they can be like, oh, cool. I have a question about the first concept. I think that's where I got lost. Versus if you're just throwing all the information at them and someone gets confused, like they don't even know where to stop you or like what exactly to ask you because you haven't really laid out a frame that you're using to guide them along your process. So using structure, being really explicit with your audience about that structure can be enormously useful in keeping them with what you're saying, preventing confusion, or if they get confused, it's going to be easier for them to clarify. So that's one piece that's really, really important. And another thing that you can use to help you create clarity is to explicitly name and call out for your audience the places that are complicated, the places that are hard, the places that are sticky, right? So for example, this is just a silly example, but let's say you need to explain to your audience how you're going to execute a project, right? You need to get approval for a project. So you're explaining to these executives how you're going to execute it. And let's just say the project has 10 phases, right? So I would go into that and say, listen, this is a 10-phase project, and I know you're looking at this slide with these 10 phases, and it looks like a lot, and there is a lot here. It is quite a bit to understand. It does take some time to internalize, but we're going to walk through it one step at a time. So you're really thinking, where is my audience going to get overwhelmed? Where are they going to feel like it's too much? Where are they going to get confused? And you're going to call it out. You're going to own it. You're going to say, there's a lot of things on this slide, or there's a lot of pieces um, in this process, right? Or there's a lot of content that we have to share, or this piece can be tricky to understand, so I'm going to slow down a little bit. You really want to let them know. That gives them the relief in their minds of like, oh, like it's okay that this is complicated. We're slowing down. I can ask questions, and they're going to feel better, and they're going to engage more often with you if they do get lost or they do have questions. So those are two pieces, two big pieces to get you started in improving your communication skills and being super impressive and compelling, especially for sophisticated executive audiences, is one, work to build relevance into what you're sharing. Figure out how the thing that you're sharing 
is relevant to the things that your audience cares deeply about and make that crystal clear to them, that will change so much for you. And second, clarity. It is your job to present your audience with something that is clear, that is curated, that is easy to follow. And you can do that by using structure. You can do that by really walking your audience through the structure that you're using to guide them. You can do that by explicitly owning and calling out the places that are complex or difficult or confusing. It's almost like in a way, it's like your audience is a little kid and you're just like guiding them gently through each thing. And the reason that you do that and the reason that we want to think of our audience as a little kid, it's not because they're a little kid. It's because their mind isn't caught up to where your mind is. You know all about your work. You're very familiar with it. They might be seeing it for the first time ever. So in some ways, like they are quote unquote, like a little kid because they're not caught up to your thinking. And so you are really simplifying it. You're spoon feeding it, right? Like you're guiding them through it so that they're with you every step of the way. When they're with you every step of the way, they're going to engage more. They're going to listen better. They're going to look forward to your meetings. They're going to want to give you better work. They're going to want to partner with you. This is going to have such a ripple effect on your career. This is one of the reasons that I was able to stand out. This is one of the main reasons. I was very good at what I did, but I was very good at explaining it and communicating it. And once leaders start to realize, oh, this person communicates this clearly and really, really well, they start to pull you into more and more things because the process is smoother and more enjoyable for them. That is what I want you to create. That is the outcome that I want to support you with because that is the outcome that will support you being on an accelerated career path and rising up and becoming badass and powerful and getting the promotions and having the impact and making the money and you know doing all the things you want to do in your career. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you want to take this deeper and if you want to close the gap from learning about it on the podcast to actually practicing this, internalizing this, getting really, really good at this so that it's second nature for you when you walk into those meetings, join the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. One of the things that we do in there is you don't just learn these communication skills, you internalize and practice them so that you don't have to figure out on your own and connect the dots on your own of like, okay, how do I take what I did on the podcast and like go implement it in my next meeting? You actually get to practice that and experience that with my support and encouragement and the support and encouragement of a group of women who are doing the exact same thing. And it makes it so much easier for you to actually experience the change that you want to experience. One of the fascinating things that happens inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy is that so many of those women, they listen to the podcast. They're avid listeners of this show, the women who have been in past cohorts of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but they'll get inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy and then they'll be like, oh, that thing that you've been saying on the podcast is finally clicking for me. I'm finally doing it because of the work that we've done together in this program. So if you want to close that gap and if you really want to commit to going deeper into elevating your communication skills so that you can make that powerful impression in the room, you can join the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy by heading over to jessicasacoaching.com slash academy. I'm going to be launching the third round this coming fall. So you will be first to be notified if you are on the wait list of when I will be launching. It is so wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and I will catch you next week. Bye.